Hello team, hope you're doing well. It is Wednesday, the 2nd of February, 2022. I hope you're all doing well. I've just got back from a nice weekend away in Devon, Brixham to be specific. Really good time to take some downtime from work, clear my head, chill out, put down the tools and come back with a little bit more energy, perspective and just a bit of gratitude of the chance to be away from work, chill out and then come back to work with more perspective like I said. I hope everyone's been doing well. I hope you've had a good week. I want to make an announcement which is a positive announcement. It's not bad news, it's good news. Um to make the coaching more effective going forward, to start it off and test it out once a month, we're going to be doing a live training, which will be on Zoom. I'll put out a link, send it out to you all, and it'll be a live training. I'm going to be covering different topics that are going to help you go to the next level. So the podcasts are great. We cover topics to a certain extent, but obviously we don't have the visual element where you can see and learn from a different way. And then also the interactive element where I can get feedback on what resonates, what you understand, what you don't understand, and how you can apply it to your own process that you're going through right now. So that's going to be once a month, and I've decided to start the first one on the 17th of this month, which is a Thursday. And if you can't make that time, that's fine. I'd encourage you to make that time if you can, because like I said, you get the interactive element, which always helps, the feedback, that will help you massively, and the community element. But if you can't make the time, I will record it. And I will also see if I can create the audio version of it to put on the podcast too. So the first training is going to be about how to get the transformation that you want to get without the pitfalls, frustration and knockbacks. Eliminating them as much as possible or minimizing them. That's going to be the topic of the training. And like I said, it's going to be on the Thursday evening, the 17th. We're going to go for around 6.30 p.m. Evenings are best for most people. I know a lot of you work shifts and you have different patterns and you have plans. So I get it if you can't make it sometimes. But if you can, it will be very beneficial to you and your results. I will remind you close to the date. But that's the first one. Today, I want to talk, cover a little bit about that topic, about failure and energy, because everyone talks about motivation. Everyone thinks about motivation, being motivated, wanting to do stuff all the time. I call it energy. The more we can understand our own personal formula for being energized, being motivated, being enthusiastic about the process, the easier the process is. 
And I'm not saying that you're going to be 100% motivated every single day, jumping out of bed, doing star jumps. But we can learn about ourselves what makes us enthusiastic, what what makes us motivated, what demotivates us, what drains our energy, what don't we like doing, what do we dread doing that makes it more difficult. And there's some general things that we all will agree on that demotivates us and then things that do motivate us. But then it's also important to think of the personal stuff that motivates us, that works for us. Some people, it works to work out in the morning. Some people, it's better for the evening. Some people, they thrive on being competitive. Some people don't. These elements are important too. And the only way that I can help you discover that is through putting you in the right direction and asking you the questions, but ultimately you have the answers. I don't have a degree in reading minds yet, but I will let you all know when that comes through. But right now, I can help you with what does work in general to keep people motivated. And I can help point you in the direction of what will keep you motivated personally. So energy, motivation, enthusiasm, that is ultimately the opposite of failure, if you ask me. Because failure is not falling short. It's not, oh, I tried to do a 10K and I got a 9K. Failure isn't, I tried to hit that many calories and I fell short or I went a bit over. No, failure is when you stop and you give up. Because failure is the big picture and as big as the picture you want to make it. If you decide it's only within a two-week timeline, yes, that's a lot of pressure on yourself, and then you've decided that it's failure if it's after two weeks. But if your goal is to get to being a different type of person, having a different result, and you understand and you accept that timeframes might change, you can't fail. You only fail when you stop and you give up. And the only reason that you will stop and give up is when you lack motivation, when you lose enthusiasm, when you lose the energy and determination to keep going. Motivation, energy, enthusiasm are the fuel for determination, grit, willpower, all of that kind of stuff. So we'll start with the, the base layer rather than look at the tip of the iceberg, which everyone does. Everyone talks about grit and determination and hard work. Yes, that's important, but that is fueled by something and that is fueled by desire, wanting something, enthusiasm and motivation. So I'm going to flip this on its head and I'm going to give you the advice of what I think you would have to do to guarantee failure. So you're going to do the opposite to this and all these things are going to drain your energy. All these things are going to demotivate you and make the process boring, undesirable. So please do the opposite to what I recommend now. Because these steps guarantee failure. And these go across, across the board with people in the five years of me being a coach and my own personal experience for 14 years. So the first thing that I've noticed 
that if you want to guarantee failure that at some point you would just stop down tools, give up, not want to come back to the back to the process and go on to the next level is to keep it boring, keep it the same all the time. Don't do anything different. Don't do anything that's a little bit scary, a little bit new. Because then you're in full control and you can predict what's coming up. But then you will be so bored. You will lack you will lack enthusiasm, excitement. Yes, a little bit of fear of that challenge that you're setting yourself. Which will then make you want to stop because you'll be like, what's the point in this? It's boring. I'm fed up. I'm not getting results and I'm not enjoying it. And I don't even have a reason why I'm doing it. That's a really good way to secure failure. So if you want to fail, I'd encourage you to do that. And I'd encourage you to do the opposite, which would mean ask yourself, what is a goal that I'd love to achieve that I'd feel accomplished about? And that doesn't have to be a weight on the scales, a measurement. It could be, I want to be able to do this for the first time. I want to be able to walk that far, run that far, do my first press up, do my first pull up, the next thing. Yes, it's scary, but that's the point in it. When you went for that promotion, it was scary. When you had that interview, it was scary. When you had kids, it was scary. All these things in life are scary, but they're worth it. And your goals are no different. So if you're, you don't set goals because what if I fail? What if I can't get it? There's a bigger risk. And that risk is boredom, giving up. And having no motivation because it's so repetitive. The next step I would encourage someone who wants to fail is to not adjust. Not adjust with the process. Have a process that's so rigid and so regimented that it's inevitable that when life happens, when you move house, when you change jobs, when you go to different places, when things come up, It's so rigid that you literally cannot bring that process along with you. You've changed your environment. You've changed your goal. You've changed your situation, the gym you go to, how often you can get to the gym, your time availability, maybe even an injury. You should do something that's so regimented, a diet that's so regimented, a workout plan that is so regimented that... It's out of your hands that you can't even continue because the thing that you've been doing doesn't stand the test of time. Slim fast will not stand the test of time. Weight Watchers, Atkins diet, having to train only at the gym all the time is another one. Because if there's a flood, if there's a snowy day, if you're on holiday, if you're away somewhere, you can't do anything then. And then that's really going to zap your energy and your motivation because the more time you spend away from exercising or just doing little bits and pieces, 
the more you're going to put it on the pedestal to start again. So if you want to guarantee failure, give yourself some extremely hard and fast rules. I have to do it on this day. It has to be this many times. It has to be slim, fast shakes. It has to be that gym. Because that's inevitable that things are going to change. But if you don't want to fail, I'd encourage you to set bandwidth. Bandwidth is I'm going to train between three to five workouts a week. Three is the baseline. Five is the goal. That's bandwidth. I'm going to aim to get this many calories a week. We could give yourself some bandwidth there. Well, having a weekly target of calories actually gives you bandwidth per day. So that kind of eliminates that problem. Only being able to train at the gym. Instead of that, yes, I train at the gym a couple of times. Sometimes I do a homework. Sometimes I train with Brenton. And sometimes uh, I go for a run or I go for a cycle or I do some yoga. That's what I'm talking about. You are versatile. So that no matter what happens, you can rotate and move and move with the times because that's the only thing that's definitely going to happen. Things are going to change. Things are going to come up. And if your routine is so regimented and you and so let's say you, you want to fail, I'd encourage you to make it so regimented that it will not be flexible with the next chapter of your life, however that looks. And that's the that's the scary part about it. You don't even know how it's going to change. So you've got a rigid regime, a regime that is very rigid, and on top of it, you don't even know what's around the corner. Whereas if you want to be consistent, create something flexible, create bandwidth, give yourself options, have some variety. Another factor in guaranteeing failure to secure failure is to have one foot in, one foot out. I've spoke about this before. I'm a little bit invested and I want to see how it goes. I want to see how this workout plan goes. I want to see how this process goes. When we do that, we leave ourselves very vulnerable. We're putting in a certain amount of effort, but we're actually expecting more than that. Unless you are very self-aware, let's say, you're very emotionally intelligent and you know that you don't expect any more than you're putting in. You are leaving yourself very vulnerable. For example, if I was to get into a relationship or start to see someone and I put, I'll give 50% of myself. I'm a little bit skeptical of the person, but I'm a little bit invested. And then I'm upset when that person reciprocates the exact same way. Why aren't you all in on this? Why didn't you turn up on time? Why didn't you do that? I can't expect 100% from someone when I'm giving 50%. And your results, your body, your commitment is the exact same. Unless you're aware of your personal expectations of how much you think you should lose, how much progress you think you should make, you are leaving yourself very vulnerable and that is guaranteeing failure. And so many people go into the process with the wrong mindset, asking the wrong questions of like, I hope this is the right thing. I hope this thing works. I hope personal training is a thing that works. Yes, it works. The results are there. The proof is in the pudding. There's people that have the results. There's people that look like you, have the same struggles as you, that have the results. The question you should be asking yourself is, how do I put myself on track 
to make this work because the systems are there, the proof is there, the evidence is there, everything is set in stone. How do I put myself in a position to fully commit? So if you're 50% in, that's the reason why it's not working the way that you want it to. If you're happy with the results you get in the pace that you're going at, that's perfectly fine. It's not a sprint. But this is for the people that set themselves up for failure by setting their expectations high, higher than their standards. The standards are what you are putting in consistently. Your expectations are what you want out consistently. I can't put money into a portfolio, into a stock, into a property now and then when I feel like it. And then I expect returns consistently. I've said this before, random action, random results, consistent action, consistent results, aggressive action, aggressive results. Which one do you want? As long as the two are in sync, you're perfectly fine. If there's a mismatch, that's setting yourself up for failure. Going back to what we said, if you want to guarantee failure, I'd encourage you to do that because on the end of that cliff is disappointment. Ask yourself, how much am I putting in right now? How much effort am I putting with my workouts? How much effort am I putting with my food? How much effort am I making to adjust the way I approach this, which is basically your mindset? The way you go about this is your mindset. That's a very nuanced tweak. That's a very slight tweak. It takes reflection looking at yourself, asking yourself, am I doing as much as I can right now? Am I all in on this? Have I prepared for today? That's what's a little bit harder about the way you do it. But it's not actually more work. It's more, it's working smarter. And then the last thing I would say to, to guarantee failure at some point is to select um, is to set generic, meaningless goals. Generic goals are just, well, Susie set that goal. Mike down the road set that goal. I'll just do what they're doing. That's generic. And they are meaningless because they mean nothing to you. It's just because they've got them all. That's what you're supposed to do. When you lose weight, you're supposed to do that. How fast am I supposed to run? How far am I supposed to go? How much weight am I supposed to lose? That's meaningless to you. This is the personal goal. The reason that this will guarantee failure to you is because when the times get tough, when your energy is low, you've got nothing that's going to pull you forward. There's a saying that goes, he who has a big enough why will overcome any how. When you're stuck or blocked by a how, a logistic, how do I do this? How can I get that? What's the right way of that? When you get stuck and you can't work through it or around it, nine times out of 10, it's because you don't have a big enough why. And that's a personal, meaningful goal. What's a personal, meaningful goal? That is something that rings true to you. For me, about six, seven years ago, 
I don't know what it was, but I said to myself, I've never had a six pack as vain as it might sound. And this is another problem. People are reluctant to say their goals or admit their goals to themselves because for some reason, apparently it's vanity to want to look a certain way with your top on or your top off. If you, if you, if something motivates you and inspires you to look after your health, feel more confident, build more discipline, all of the above, I don't see what's wrong with that at all. And what's the difference between vanity in wanting to look good in your clothes and vanity in wanting to look good without clothes on? What's the difference in vanity of saying, I've run 10K in that time and you feeling proud and an achievement and the difference in vanity of, I look good when I look in the mirror with or without my clothes on. I don't see the difference. If it makes you do something good for you that doesn't hurt anyone else, does not matter whatsoever. Who Who is that imposing on? Who is that affecting? And if you're scared to set that goal for yourself or to admit it, it's usually because you're around someone or you know someone or you've met someone who has tried to belittle someone else for achieving something that they wanted. So they've judged that person for having a six pack, for having that money, for having that thing. And because they are intimidated by that or they've never had that, they've judged them to make themselves feel better. Whereas one thing about me, there's a lot of things that I notice in other people that are, they have better than me, they have more than me. And I'm quite glad that it inspires me. I see it as evidence that it can be done. I don't see it as evidence that they're better than me. Like, at its core, it means they've done something more than me. They know something that I don't. I could ask them how to do it, or I could follow their process. They've probably got a book about it. I've slightly digressed. But make your goals personal and meaningful. And going back to me setting the goal of having a six-pack a few years ago, it was because I'd never had a six-pack. I'd always been overweight when I grew up. Always was jealous of when um, when I'd see friends or I'd see on music videos when guys would walk around with a top off with confidence, unapologetically, and I thought, I want to prove to myself that I can do it. So it was part of the six-pack, but it was also... I want to prove to myself I can give myself something, I can have something, I can achieve something that I've never had before. And that was a big achievement for me. So that was meaningful. Another meaningful one could be that I could go and walk to the sh- walk all the way to the kids' school and walk back and pick them up. That means something to you. No one can tell you any differently. What means something to you? What would be significant for you to be proud and look in the mirror and say, I've done that? That's something tough, but now I can do it. Some of you have got meaningful goals. Some of you have got personal goals, things that you want, not because everyone else is doing it, not because everyone else wants it, but because you want it. And the people that have those are the ones that are going to be way more bulletproof and motivated and energized in the process and get better results. But if you want to guarantee failure, I'd encourage you to set some generic goals Make them meaningless. Doesn't mean anything to you. It's not significant to you. And you will easily be wavered in the process. 
you will easy, easily succumb to distractions. So these are the things that I've noticed over time in my reflection and conversations with some of you and clients I've had in the past. These are the themes that create failure. And if you don't want failure, I really do encourage you to put a pen to paper right now and start to ask yourself, what goals would be personal and meaningful for me that would feel like a big accomplishment that makes it worth it to push through the pain? Make your goals, make your process flexible to a certain extent with bandwidth with room for adjustments, room for mistakes, all of that kind of stuff. That's called life. Make it interesting. Don't make it boring. Don't make it repetitive all the time. Create some spontaneity. Mix it up. You don't always have to do the exact thing to get the thing. You don't have to run seven days a week to get better at running. You can run a couple of times a week. You can do yoga. You can strength train. That will actually contribute to it. You don't always have to lift weights to get stronger. You can do other things as well that contribute to getting stronger. And the last thing I'll cover, as another thing that I've noticed that will guarantee failure at some point, is burn yourself out. Go at 100 miles an hour, top speed, a speed that you cannot sustain and inevitably, just by the laws of physics, the laws of nature, you will burn yourself out. Everything in life has its seasons, the seasons of the year, being awake, going to sleep, recovery, work hard, play hard. Everything goes through its cycles. And if you defy, if you ignore the laws of nature by going at top speed, and when I say top speed, it's a speed that you know you cannot keep up. That will guarantee the other end of the spectrum. The pendulum will swing. That's how nature works. And I know that's a little bit of a contradiction to the other, the other thing of going 50%, one foot in, one foot out. But... One foot in, one foot out, or should I say 50% is only detrimental if your expectations aren't aligned with how much work you're putting in. If you're patient, that's perfectly fine. But I encourage you to create a speed that you can say sustain. So the questions are, how often can I do this without burning myself out? How often... Is it when I come to the gym that I start to dread it and it becomes boring and mundane? How often do I like or want to have a takeaway or a drink that I'm grateful for that also doesn't make me feel miserable? Thank you for listening to today's podcast. I really want you to have a think about energy, motivation, what is what you're doing right now motivating you? Is it demotivating you? There's a reason. It's never a coincidence to why you are 
demotivated consistently or you can't just get the ball rolling. There's a reason behind it. There's some things that you're doing that aren't helping you and there's things that you could be doing more of that would help you. Every problem has a solution. Thanks for listening. I look forward to the live training, which will be on Zoom. I'll send a link so you can use that on your phone, your laptop, iPad, and it's going to be a live training talking about how to get the transformation that you want without the pitfalls, the frustration, and the guilt that usually comes in the process. Have a great week, everyone. Speak to you soon.